Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer, and this is part two of our show on essential oils. I'm really sorry for the delay. I'm late in getting the show to you. I had intended to get my show done a while ago, but oddly enough, it's been kind of a flu-ridden spring, and I've had a lot of extra things to do in the store, so my show was delayed. I'm very sorry. Essential oils is such a fun topic to talk about. I don't care who you are or what level of knowledge you have. Everyone loves to continue talking about essential oils. There's a fountain of information out there, whether it be from books in the library or on the internet or whether you get together with some friends. A lot of people are really into the young living oils these days, and rightly so. They're fantastic oils. We talked about this on our last show, but they are not the only essential oils out there. Uh, like I said, they're very good quality. They're very expensive, and many people can't afford them. So I know that was my case, and so I, I started making phone calls. <laughs> And like I said, I ended up calling Rosemary Gladstar, uh, one of the nation's top women's herbalists. And I talked to her assistant for about an hour and a half. And long story short, uh, I found out a lot of really good information about both herbs and oils and where I could purchase those items. And so that was, oh, I don't know, about nine years ago. And so from there, I was, I've been able to build upon what I learned at that time. and and. Those are the oils and the herbs that I carry in my store today. They're excellent quality. Like I said, there's there's a lot of really good oils out there, and so you just kind of have to use your good judgment. And the oils that I use are tend to be a little lower in cost than some of the others. I mean, it's kind of like your source of vitamin C. I mean, you can vitamin C is prevalent in all your citrus fruits, rose hips. They say um, you can get vitamin C from a lot of different sources. Dandelions. I mean, you can have the kids go out and pick dandelions rich in vitamin C. So almost free sources to very expensive sources. And God is that way. He gives us different resources to glean information and nutrition from. And so I will kind of talk about the cost of some of these oils as we go through. I don't want this to be a real lengthy class. I just want you to learn a little bit, enough to kind of at least start gathering your own information. Now we have, in my book, Homeopathy for Mommies, I have a, t a paragraph, actually two paragraphs, and I'm just going to actually read from that so that you can see where I'm coming from here today. I also do keep a wide variety of herbs and essential oils on hand here in my store and at my home, and I wish that, like I said, we could talk about this more. There's, we could talk about oils in volume. It's much like homeopathy. Each homeopathic remedy could write its own book and it's the same with oils and herbs but I use I know enough to keep my family healthy and from there <laughs> like I said the rest is just frosting on the cake so to speak but there are certain things you need to understand when it comes to oils is that depending on where your trust is 
for natural alternative medicine, personally, I always go to homeopathy first. I go, and I, I say that because I know how miraculous arnica is in hypericum for nerve damage and trauma and bruising. I know how fantastic Ignatia is for someone who has had an emotional shock or aconite for someone who has been chilled or had an accident or traumatic shock that they think they're going to die. All these things in my book are miraculous. So you never know when there's going to be an accident. So when I say homeopathy is first in my book, I simply mean that I want my family not to have mint in their system or other things that are going to interfere with the action of a homeopathic remedy. So when I give Arnica, I want it to work. So we have chosen, or actually I have chosen for my family, that we do not use mint toothpaste and we do not use mint essential oils and things like that. And the mints, the spearmints, the camphorated oils. And if you look them up online, you can see which ones contain camphor. I have it written in my book that explain that they're um, like wintergreen, peppermint, spearmint, aromases, Gary Young's aromases contains these oils as well. And so therefore there's a high level of camphor in these oils. And when you look at my homeopathy for mommy's book, you'll see that camphor cancels 90% of all homeopathic remedies. So very often when you go to see a new homeopathic doctor and, and you're going for a chronic treatment and he takes your case and he'll say, what homeopathic remedies have you taken before? And you'll, you'll give him a list of the homeopathic remedies you've used. He'll probably actually give you a homeopathic remedy, camphor, and a 200C potency to cancel all the remedies you've used in the past. That way you're basically starting with a clean slate. And so when he gives you another remedy, then your body's going to read that without getting confused with the other remedies. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift we've been given. We just have to understand how it works. So when I'm going to use oils, I'm going to always have oils in my house that contain no camphor. Tea tree and eucalyptus and rosemary all do have a low level of camphor in them as well. They're camphorated oils, but they're not as high as the spearmint and the wintergreen. So you kind of have to make a judgment call. And again, they do not contain all, they do not cancel all homeopathic remedies. So there are occasions when I have actually used some of these other oils, and I do use them. I have them all on hand, but I don't sell them in my store. Because most people, until they get used to using both homeopathy and oils, they'll make the mistake. And I don't want them to say, oh, the arnica didn't work, when it was just because they didn't understand how it, why it didn't work. So for today's lesson, <laughs> let me say that tea tree, eucalyptus, rosemary, all fantastic, fantastic oils, and I do use them, and, but on rare occasions. And only if there's a minute amount in the, and it's usually in combination oils. Um, so I have to make a judgment call at that point too. So homeopathy to me is the most important, and so the oils that I do allow in my store are oils like orange, tangerine, frankincense, spruce. All of the raindrop oils are safe, uh, but I mean safe, they don't contain the camphor. And the raindrops oil, the, raindrop, the main raindrop oils are oregano, basil, thyme, marjoram, cedarwood, cypress. I use lemongrass very often. The, the rosemary, or not the rosemary, excuse me, the rosewood. These are all oils and in combination oils 
that I use for healing and trauma and you know for sprain injury these are fantastic oils and they don't they don't contain high levels of camphor if any I want to tell you a little story when like I, I kind of alluded to it in my last the first class that a friend of mine handed me a particular oil and I, I just had such tremendous response and I was hooked from the very first drop <laughs> and so Oils are a fantastic way to speak to the body. It's just like homeopathy. The herbs, I respond really well to the herbs and I use all of these things. And when I had, um, I got really, I get so excited about a particular form of healing or something that's just really good in my life. Even when I learned to bake bread, I mean, I had to perfect the recipe and I stayed with it until I, I came up with a recipe that was just perfect for my family. And someday I should share that with you. but. Anyway, when it came to the oils, I delved into all everything Gary Young had written, all the different resources that I could find, and I studied and studied, and then I needed to learn the raindrop, because from everything I was reading, I knew about homeopathy canceling, the how to cancel the, the harmful effects of immunizations, and I came to understand that most of the scoliosis and the chronic disease in children that carries through to adulthood was caused from our immunizations or vaccinations when we were little. Because I knew that when I was 10 and a half years old, I suddenly developed, you know, cavities, strep throat. I was, I, like I said, I missed three weeks of school in fifth grade because I had my smallpox vaccination and I was chronically ill after that. And so Yep, the never well since. Okay, you don't have to be drug over coals to understand, okay, this is where my never well since is, and this is what I need to do to get rid of it. So I did the, th I went through the gamut of Thuy and that self with the homeopathic remedies, and therefore all the homeopathic remedies started working better for me. And I think that also opened the door so that when I did start using the essential oils and taking in the nutritious herbs, that my body was able to heal even though I was relatively pretty old. <laughs> okay, well into my 40s when I started all these things. And so I thought I can heal everyone. I have all these resources at my disposal and I can, you know, so I started telling friends and relatives and they were coming over and they were getting, I was giving them the raindrop massage. I started, I taught myself through Gary Young's information and I got all the oils on hand and I was having a blast. It, I found it so rewarding and so informational because I already knew reflexology, I already knew basic anatomy and things like that, so it all made sense to me. And I was giving these raindrops, but what I didn't realize was that as I was absorbing these oils through my hands, even just through the olfactory senses, I didn't realize that I was healing as well. After about three weeks of giving four or five raindrops a week, I started to feel my spine, and it was a little, it was a butterfly sensation. It would start at my tailbone, it would just go right up my spine. Remember I talked about this? And how my spine actually straightened. I had, a, I, 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 like I said, I still do have a little bit of a, uh, a sore spot where the two vertebrae don't come together exactly right, but you have to consider they were out of place for, wow, over 20 years. And so when my spine finally straightened due to the you know, all these wonderful healing properties, it, it left it just a little bit out of whack. But I enjoy 
very good health today. I'm not saying I don't get run down with the store and everything, but I, I can go out jogging. I jog every morning and I, I eat healthy, I feel good. You know, life can be very, very good. But we also have other miracles that have occurred because of these oils. I had a young lady, her dad called and said she had an old ankle injury. And every time she ran, it bothered her. So that's when I started putting together creams and lotions because it was so hard for young people to put the carrier oil in their hand and then to put the drops of oil in their hand and then to rub these together and know how to use them. So I've put together creams and everyone can do these things. It's so much fun. And so we're going to talk about some of the combinations that go well together for different issues here in a few minutes. But parents will call me and say, I cannot believe how much better I feel. And this dad, particular dad called, he says, you know, she uses that, that, that cream you gave her in the mornings and she's been taking the homeopathic remedies for injury and she's just feeling great. I thank you so much. And then I had another guy and I really wished I could get him to sign a testimonial. I should go over and see him. But I had gone over there and I walked into his office and here he come limping across the room with a big, huge padded brace on his leg. I said, oh my goodness, what happened to you? He said, a jackhammer injury. And I said, no way. And I knew for a fact that this guy jogged like eight miles a day because I would see him. And so I said, oh my goodness, that's just got to be rough on you. He's, I said, are you looking at you know, having surgery? He says, no, they told me I'm, I'm inoperable. I said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. He says, I know, so he says, I've been to a couple of naturopathic doctors. I went to the chiropractor, the regular doctor. He says, nothing, nobody can do anything for me. And I says, you know, have you ever tried homeopathy? And he said, what? And he's no, I never heard of it. And I says, well, I, I would recommend you try this, you know. And his wife heard me. She come running over. She goes, what is it and how much do I owe you? <laughs> so I recommended five homeopathic remedies. And then I recommended this, this sprain injury cream that I have here in the store. And she said, send it to me. So I went home, actually put these things in the mail. And so they must have got there the next day or two. Anyway, a week to the day, this man seen my husband and he said tell your wife that she saved my life my husband looked at her and he goes didn't she tell you he said no he said she sent me some stuff he says and do you know he says i got to go out jogging for the first time in over two months he was actually out jogging in less than a week when he started using these essential oils in that cream base and then the five homeopathic remedies it was it's miraculous and you see this over and over and over again and so I had a, a homeopathic doctor tell me one time, Sue, always collect your fee up front because the healing is so subtle and yet so miraculous that they won't think you helped them, they'll think it just went away. <laughs> I have to laugh at that because it's really rather true. They um, don't think that it ever, you know, it just is so quick and so fast that they don't think it ha actually helped them. Okay, and so enough about the miraculous healing because it really, really does work but I'm going to explain how there's some different ways of using home, uh, homeopathic essential oils. And they actually have a historical background. The English tend to dilute small amounts of essential oil in, the, in the, what we call the carrier oil or the vegetable oil. You know, I like to use, there's different, there's different carrier oils that you can get your hands on, but whatever you use, you want it to be organic because you don't want your body absorbing the pesticides from a non-organic oil. I carry several of them in the store here, but uh, some of my favorites are grapeseed oil, olive oil, 
almond oil, cohaba oil, and they're, you know, sweet almond oil and cohaba oil, and they're just, they're all fantastic. Avocado oil is one of my favorites. It's really rich, kind of greasy, but it's extremely nutritive. And if you use these organic oils, they're, oh, they're so good for the body. They, the body just soaks them up and then just drinks up the nutrients. So that's the way the English tend to use the, home, the essential oils. And this, when you're using them, you can you, you, you massage the body, which helps to relieve stress and it helps to relax the body. The French tend to use their oils undiluted. And that is why when the French doctors during World War II ran out of anesthetic for the antibacterial for surgery, they went to using pure essential lavender oil and they would pour it in the cup. They drip it into the cut before they stitched up their victims at, at surgery and then they would use it again topically. And James Tyler Kent writes that not one time during World War II did they ever record an infection when the doctors began using this pure essential oil of lavender. It's fantastic. You can use pure lavender oil topically, internally, without a carrier oil, and you can just put it on. I use it on burns and cuts. I use it, I tell women that they can use it for a, um, a douche. You can use it for a mouthwash. You can use it, and you don't, like said, you're going to, as a douche, of course, you'd have to use, you'd have to dilute it. And even as a mouthwash, you can dilute it. You can put it in, I like to put it in salt water and use it as a rinse because Bacteria cannot live in the presence of salt water, a saline solution, or lavender. And you can use pure lavender oil on any mouth sores or tooth infections or anything like that, as well as clove. But lavender is actually more palatable than clove because clove burns so, and it's so <laughs> you can actually make someone throw pretty good with that. But lavender oil is the most useful as far as wounds and, and cuts and things. And James Tyler Kent also taught that lavender will never suppress an issue. So in other words, it's going to go right to healing rather than suppressing. Because remember in homeopathy, we don't want to suppress any issue. We just want to be able to heal it. I think at this time it's also a good idea to mention some of the other things that bacteria cannot live in the presence of. And when I talk about bacteria, you know, we have good bacteria, bad bacteria. We have viruses. Actually, they're airborne. They're not like a regular pus bacteria, but virus is a bacteria in the sense that the body reads it as a threat. So when we have virus and bacteria, we're talking about the same thing when I talk about oils and homeopathics and, and natural things killing them. So colloidal silver, boric acid, hydrogen peroxide, the 35% food grade, and then also some of the essential oils will all kill bacteria. So if you have straight clove, lemon, cinnamon bark, eucalyptus, rosemary, or that combination of those oils together, they will work to kill bacteria and to kill and deaden virus. So the, the virus is airborne, it's coming through the air. These oils that have been fumigated in the house will kill that, will stop that virus. It, it won't allow it to live in that air so that it can become, you know, toxic to the person that might inhale it. And so Gary Young's recipe for thieves oil 
uh, is very interesting because it contains those oils, the clove, the lemon, the cinnamon bark, the eucalyptus, and the rosemary. And you'll notice that the eucalyptus and rosemary are both, uh, they both have a camphor constituent to them. But so, you know, I tell people, if you're gonna use thieves, use it, but use it outside, you know, an hour and a half outside of any homeopathic remedies and never open your homeopathic remedies when this has been dis diffused in the house. Go to out the outdoors, seriously, or suspend your homeopathic remedy in water so that the person can take it from the water bottle or from the spray bottle if you're going to be using the thieves so that it's never, the bottle of pellets is never opened in the presence of these oils because they will get canceled. And not just because it's a strong odor, but because it's camphorated. And it's like I said, it's not a lot of camphor, um, but it may be enough to cancel the whole bottle. So if you're going to use the homeopathic remedies in the presence of something like this, again, I take it to the out of doors or to the basement where there's no, no scent of the oils, put the one or two, one to four pellets in a bottle of water, seal up the, the bottle of pellets, and then dispense the homeopathic remedy from the bottle of water. And, I, and like I said, I say just succuss the whole bottle of water and then spurt it into the patient's mouth. And that's, so if you have a, a really bad virus or a really bad bacterial infection in the home or God forbid the plague or whatever, that's what I would do. I would use both of them just because the camphor isn't enough. There's, it's, it's not even, a, you know, it's just minute amounts in this combination and then use the homeopathic remedy as well. And it works fantastic. But like I said, you cannot expose the homeopathic remedy to the oils directly or even in pro close proximity of time or actual physical exposure. So, but it's also important to remember that colloidal silver, you know, is a fan, if someone has a fever and you've been unable to get it down with the homeopathic remedies and, and the, the patient is wavering, and I say that, that once their vital force gets so low, it is very difficult and you're not finding the right remedy. In rare occasions, I, I, I will say, give the colloidal silver um, if it's an obvious bacterial infection because that will kill the bacterial infection. I'm not saying that it's not interrupting it and it's suppressing it to a certain extent, but at least that person will have time to recover. And then you can do the cleanup remedies later to, to bring back that virus, the remedy of that, the um, memory of that virus so that the body can get rid of it on its own later. The boric acid is fantastic for eye, as an eye wash. One teaspoon to 16 ounces of warm water can be used as an eye wash. Any topical, you know, there's gunk from a wound. It's excellent for cleaning up a wound in a painless way. And it helps to kill the bacteria and the dead skin and things like that. It's excellent as an, an insecticide. You can use the crystals around the house for cockroaches and other insects, ants and things like this to keep them away. Boric acid is a fantastic property to have on hand for those items as well, those, those illnesses. And of course, hydrogen peroxide, 35% food grade. Again, bacteria, fungus, all those things will die in the presence of oxygen at that percentage because even oxygen in the blood will kill virus and bacteria. And that's why so many people even for cancer treatments, because cancer can't live in the presence of oxygen. And so they will say that, you know, people have the, uh, the hydrogen peroxide treatments. I, I'm not really up on it, but I've heard it really works. I had a guy in here the other day, his wife has cancer, and he was telling me about it. And 
I said, I know I really must make myself more knowledgeable in that area, but there's so, so many cures, so to speak, for cancer that it's really hard to know which one will be the best. And so those are some of the items that, you know, you can do your research on them so that you have a, and everybody is going to lean in one direction or the other, but of all these items, you know, I can actually say I have the colloidal silver on hand, the boric acid, the hydrogen peroxide, all the essential oils. I do have them all on hand if sometimes I'm led in one direction, sometimes in another. But the lavender oil, which I know kills the bacteria so quickly and readily, it helps to numb the pain and kill the bacteria. And so it helps to heal very, very quickly. I carry lavender with me all the time. I do not carry all the other things with me all the time. So it's actually my first aid kit, along with my healing cream and the homeopathic remedies. But it's amazing how quickly you can heal with just natural things, and you can feel good about it. And the body responds to it because it, it helps to nourish the body. Okay, some of the, um, the Germans, um, we talked about the French and how they use the oils directly. The French do, and they also tend to use the oils internally. They will put a few drops of essential oil with some blue agave nectar or some honey on a piece of bread or in a small amount of vegetable oil and ingest them. And most people who use essential oils agree that taking them internally is a fantastic way for the body to uptake them very quickly. And again, it's like homeopathy. We put them on the mucous membranes. You know, we just dump the pellet in the mouth, let the mucous membranes absorb that energy, and then the, the body reads it very quickly. And so when you're ingesting them, again, the mucous membranes absorb the essential oils so quickly and so readily that the body uptakes that nutrient almost instantaneously. So it's, uh, it's very interesting to find out how these different cultures use the essential oils. The German model focuses mainly on inhalation. The, like for instance, you have Bach, um, you know, the Bach flower remedies. They, it was a, the scent, the smell, the texture, all these things, the inhalation, the body reads, the olfactory senses, they say are our strongest sense. Out of our five senses, our memory most readily will recognize the sense of smell. And so, no wonder inhalation is a huge way for our body to read essential oils, to diffuse them in the home, just put them under the nose. All these all these senses, the different way that our body reads the elements and the world around us, we respond to them in a particular way. So these aromatic compounds, when we can, they're, they're combined, and the smell can exert strong effects upon the brain, especially the hypothalamus. Now, we all know that to be the hormone that is the center command of the body. It's the command center. So, and the limbic system, which is the seat of our emotions. So. How many times do you snuggle up to someone and say, oh, I love the way you smell. See, what does that do to you, you know? That you remember that. It's so deep and so complete. And so some of the essential oils that are high in sequestropines, which are some of the most readily read by our bodies, are myrrh, sandalwood, cedarwood, vetiver, melissa, and frankincense. And out of those, you know, those are some of the most expensive of the oils. And... 
I personally use the cedar wood and the frankincense and the myrrh, which are the most reasonable in cost for myself here in the store, um, because the others are rare, more rare, and so they're more difficult to get your hands on. I can, but they're very expensive, and so I replace them with some of the other oils. And I most a lot of those oils go into my combination remedies just because they are so strong and the body reads them so well. I can honestly say frankincense goes into every single combination that I make for myself and my family. Because frankincense, every element on the face of the planet, remember we've talked about this too, you can be measured in frank in megahertz. Frankincense is the most closely allied element on the face of the planet basically to the human body. So that's why the body helps to bring the balance back to the human body. And so I put it in all my combinations. I start my day almost every single day. I try to remember and I always, I actually balance. I sit quietly and I put oil on my hands and my hands. I use combination, different combinations. I don't always start the day with every with the same exact oils, but frankincense is in the comment is in my oil all the time. I like to use spruce. It's one of my very favorites for calming. And oddly enough, <laughs> because I jump out of bed and literally hit the ground running, I like to use frankincense and spruce along with orange or tangerine, lemon, wake me up. And I put some carrier oil in, and my oils, and I massage put my put my hands in circular motion. And I actually hold my hands on the bottom of my feet until I feel my pulse equally in both the bottoms of both my feet. And then I pray in a whole prayer to myself, of course, and then I begin my day, rub my feet, begin my day in a balanced way. And you'll be surprised some days when your vitality is so low and you're tired and you just don't know how you can get through your day. You'll be surprised how those oils will pick you up nourish you and make you feel better and like I said balance you and give you a kickstart for the day so that's the way I like to start my day and like I said I always have frankincense in that mix of oils okay so you kind of have an idea of different ways you can use them there's no right or wrong way to use essential oils as long as you have a good source you have good pure organic or wild harvested oils that have a you know they come from a reputable lab then you're on the way to good healing. I'm going to talk briefly, and like I said, we could talk in volumes about different oils, and I just don't have the time for that. I'm just going to touch on some of my favorite oils. Again, the raindrop oils that Gary Young suggests, and I use those oils a lot. I have them here in my store, and oddly enough, I'm always surprised that they don't sell really, really fast. And I think it's just because people don't really understand how to use them and how important they are. But these oils are wonderful when it comes to healing the body. Now, like I said, Gary Young, he has listed particular raindrop oils. And I can honestly say that when I do the raindrop, I take out, now, I take out the mints. Okay, so the peppermint, I, I do not use. I also do not use the spearmint or the aromaces. And I have found that for all the things that I've been giving raindrop for, the healing is fantastic. So you just have to decide what you want. But I use the oregano, 
the time. I do also use the Valor blend, which I can only get through Gary Young. I cannot get the Boutanzi because uh, anywhere other than through Young Living, I've had a hard time finding that. So I do buy that from a friend. And then I actually extend it. I dilute it down further with more frankincense, more rosewood, and more spruce. So I do dilute that down just a little bit further. But I use the oregano, the basil, the thyme, the marjoram, the cypress, the cedarwood. <clears throat> and I also use a lot, very often I use lemongrass because a lot of people come to me with backaches. And lemongrass is so darn good when it comes to those muscles, bones, and tendons. Lemongrass is really good. I, I, it's in the sprain injury that I use. It's a fantastic oil for that. And there's really no right or wrong way. You can go online, you can look up how to do the raindrop. Um, the main thing is to get that person to balance, do a little bit of reflexology on their feet, let the, the feet absorb the oils, then the back, get them to relax. I like to get them to relax to the point where I can actually maneuver their spine. And you never touch the spine, just the muscles beside it. And you can work those knots right out. It's, it's amazing. And I always tell the massage person, whoever's doing it, to always put frankincense on their forehead and their, their, the, the bottoms of their feet as well so that they're not absorbing the... You want your energies to stay with you. You want your energy to stay with you. You want their energy to stay with them. And Gary Young explains it very well in his techniques. But these oils, like I said, are just fantastic as far as healing so many different functions of the body, everything from kidney disease to back injury to, you know, endocrine and hormone issues. It's, it's just fantastic. And so you can look all these things up. You can go to some classes, but don't, don't get sucked in to think that you have to have all the exact oils that are listed in the raindrop. But I will say that the, the, each oil has its own particular importance in the raindrop technique. Oregano is one of the first oils. I always name them in order. But oregano is anti-aging. It's very powerful. It's antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, antiparasitic, anti-inflammatory, and it's an immune stimulant. And it's used in the raindrop technique. And it's also great for muscles and bones and the respiratory system. And then the next oil that I name by is basil. So I go oregano, basil, and then thyme. And basil is also known as Oseum basilicum, and it's um, excellent for migraines, the throat and the lungs and infections, insect bites. Do not, you know, pregnant women should never use any of these oils because. <laughs> I had, a young, I had a young lady come in, I was giving her husband a, a, a raindrop, and she came in, she was six and a half months long, she's sitting there next to him, and I didn't even think, because see, she wasn't receiving the, the massage, and I didn't even think about it, and she's sitting there, and I kid you not, maybe 10 minutes goes by, and she's like, oh my goodness, I'm having, I'm having some pretty good contractions here, and I said, oh, out, out, out you go. So out she went, and she actually did have contractions throughout the rest of that day. They went away without a problem. They weren't working contractions, but they did stimulate the, um, the contractions. And she's, we, so we all learned from that. Basil also is a, uh, will kill many of the um, infections, Staphylococcus, Enterococcus, 
uh, Pseudomonas. There's some indications that basil may actually help to restore the immune function damaged by stress. So it's in a very important, a very important oil. And it's like I say, it's the second one I name in the raindrop that I give. So we have oregano, basil, thyme. And thyme is great for infectious diseases, cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, hepatitis, so it's excellent for liver stimulant. It has immune function, stimulating functions, anti-infectious, muscles, bones, anti-aging. It's great for rheumatism, sciatica, helps dullness of sight and takes away any pains and hardness of the spleen. It's a fantastic oil. And then we have marjoram, which again is, is an anti-arthritic and rheumatism. It's great for muscles and nerve pain, headaches, circulatory disorders, respiratory infections, menstrual problems and PMS, fungal infections such as ringworm or shingles, sores, spasms, and fluid retention. It's great cardiovascular and muscles and bones. And again, remember, nobody that's expected should be using these hot oils like this. It is used for external application for sprains and bruises. It's an excellent, it helps to lower blood pressure, promote intestinal peristalsis, paris, it helps your digestive system. <laughs> and it's also an expectorant. Okay, I also, when I, the cedarwood is one of the very important oils to the raindrop because it's so good for the nervous system, respiratory, skin, your hair, um, arteriosclerosis, it's great for people with attention deficit disorder. And it, the body, the limbic system of the brain will recognize this oil. And so it stimulates the penile gland and it helps to release melatonin to help you sleep better. So your body can, has the, it stimulates the sleep process and it's calming and it has very strong purifying properties. I also like to use the oil Cypress which is very, very good. Cypress tends to improve circulation and strengthens the blood capillaries. It's anti-infectious and anti-spasmatic. Its uses are in cases of diabetes and circulatory disorders and also for cancer. It is a really good remedy and it complements all the raindrop oils that I tend to use. Now for colds and flu, I there's a few oils that I really tend to use a lot of because again there's there's certain ones that are super good <laughs> but the ones that I use are spruce, frankincense, lemongrass, raven syrah, all excellent oils for colds and flu. The raven syrah helps with things like you know when you have a virus like a herpes virus like the cold sores, throat and lung infections, hepatitis, shingles, cancer, pneumonia which shingles and herpes are basically the same virus pneumonia, anything respiratory or immune. Raven Sarah helps to stimulate the system. And spruce, again, I guess I had mentioned the spruce was one of my very favorite oils. It's Spruce is really good for arthritis and rheumatism, fungal infections such as candida, sinus and respiratory infections, and the sciatic nerve. It helps to release the emotional blocks. You know, I don't get into the whole emotional thing a whole lot when it comes to the oils just because I know for a fact that anything going on physical, when you start using the, the essential oils, which are nutritious and nutritive to that physical issue, you know, if you have that physical issue, obviously it's going to help release that emotional issue as well. So by the time I already have symptoms, you just get symptoms are easier to look at than, you know, taking the whole case. <laughs> 
And so it's going to really stimulate and help with that whole issue. And so also, like I said, when I use the frankincense and the spruce, the raven Sarah, the lemongrass, all of those really help to open up. I find that the, the muscles and bones and tendons also are the same types of oils you're going to use for the respiratory because it's all those, those tissues that interrelate. And so they're very good for all those things. And then you have remedies like, or essential oils like frankincense that are just pretty much good for everything. Like I said, that's why they go into almost all of my combinations because it helps to balance the entire system. Most people you refer to the frankincense as the, the very spiritual healer um, because frankincense is considered the holy anointing oil in the Middle East. Um, it's used in religious ceremonies and has been for thousands of years. It was one of the three gifts of the Magi. It is well known during the time of Christ that for its anointing and healing powers and what is, was one of the gifts of the Magi. Um, it's used to treat every conceivable ill known to man. Frankincense was valued more than gold during ancient times and only those with great wealth and abundance possessed it. It is mentioned as one of the oldest known medical healing properties. It's anti-tumoral, immunostimulant, it's an antidepressant, and a muscle relaxant. It's used for depression, cancer, respiratory infections, inflammation, and again, immune stimulating properties. Also, again, you know, and Douglas fir, I use a lot of that, I have to say. Uh, or I mean, not Douglas fir, but Aves balsamica, which is the fir, Aves balsamica, which is um, the, like the Christmas tree. I use that a lot. I really like that. It's also got anti-tumoral and anti-cancerous and antioxidant. And it's great for us respiratory infections and it's an antifungal. And I do use that a lot too. So I think I am going to actually, this is a longer class than I had anticipated. I didn't really mean to talk this much. You can look online and you can learn a whole bunch of these things. But I just wanted you to know how this worked in conjunction with the homeopathic remedies. And so the homeopathic remedies, you know, for healing, injury, are all in the book, Homeopathy for Mommies. And you can go to Homeopathy for Mommies to purchase that book. Um, and the essential oils, if you go to Homeopathy for Mommies and click on the book, that'll take you to the Outpost Mercantile or store. Yeah, we don't, you can't purchase all the oils and things at, at Homeopathy for Mommies at this point, but I would like you, I would like those links to go over to the store. And the oils you can purchase through the Outpost Mercantile, as well as some of the Oremos creams that you that are on there. But all of these things, you can get them anywhere as long as you know they're reputable and the source is good. And like I said, don't spend tons and tons of money to buy, you know, the most expensive when something that's less expensive is going to work almost as well or just as well for your particular issue. I thank you so much for listening to my class and I hope that you have a wonderful, healthy family when you are able to start using all these fun things. Again, thank you so much and God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.